I'm Neil. And I'm Brittany. We are a family on a journey towards financial and location independence. Each week, we interview successful real estate entrepreneurs about their chosen investment strategy and rate it based on how much money it took to get started, how long it took to educate themselves, how passive it is, and whether or not they could do it from anywhere in the world. Welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. In episode two, we sit down with our friend, Alex Felice, who's well on his way to financial freedom, building a portfolio of single family homes. You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom. So Alex, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Yeah. So tell us the story of how you found your way into real estate. Uh, you know, I got sick of being broke. Really, that's the crux of it. Uh, I think most people go through mm, American life somewhere in the in the realm of I'm between trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and what do I want to spend my next paycheck on. And you get wrapped up into that cycle and mm, it's it can be, you know, well, you, you're a good example. You wake up at 40 and a little bit and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. How can I stop? And the earlier you can ask that question, how can I retire? The earlier you can ask that question, the better off. And so I just started moving towards um, ways that would get me to retire early in real estate. Man, it really seemed like the way to go. And I'm glad I found it out because I am, in fact, correct. Real estate is the way to go as far as I am concerned. I wanted to retire. Uh, I was 29 or so when I figured this out and then said, "How how can I do this fairly quickly? And real estate will really... You know, it, on the surface, it, it's it's far more lucrative than it than it seems at first, and, it, and at first, it seems pretty easy and pretty pretty lucrative. So, you start diving in, and it, it really take it really took over. Yeah. So retirement that's your des- that's your destination. Are you there yet? Well, retirement. When I said retirement, what I really mean was I hated my job, and I wanted not to have to worry about with the next job what I hated too. So really what I wanted wasn't retirement as much as, well, what you call freedom, flexibility. I wanted to tell any boss that gave me grief to go pound sand at a moment's notice and not have to worry about, you know, my responsibilities. So in some ways, Brittany, I, I am there because I have enough money where I can look at my boss and say, I don't ever need you again. But I also, but I can't do that. And then also, worry about lifestyle inflation, actual inflation of costs. My health is going to become a a higher burden of income as time goes on. And I want to be able to grow. So I still work, but from a very short-term perspective, uh, or I I really, I could retire now. Very cool. So that's kind of the ultimate goal is is to get to where you're, you are ready to retire fully and be- yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know that. I think, you know, when I started, I think a lot of guys in real estate have this deal where they're like, I want to get 10 houses and retire. And that's how I started. And that seems to be a really common deal. Like I can get 10 houses, pay them off, then I can retire and you can. And then what happened was it didn't take long before, you know, I got seven in a, in a, sh- I said, I'll get t- 10 years to get 10 houses and then I'll retire. And it really, it took like two and a half years and I got seven. It went way faster. And I was like, I don't want to retire. I want to capitalize on my talents. So in some ways, my ambition to retire unlock a different ambition that now wants me to succeed far, far beyond any than I had originally hoped. And I think, I hope that most people who enter real estate have that problem where they go, Hey, how can I make retirement for myself? Turns into 
how can I really satisfy my ambitions and, and do something much bigger than I had planned? So it sounds to me, it's like what you're describing is kind of like you started off with one sort of milestone that you were headed towards. And then you got like, you thought that was going to take you 10 years to get there. And then it took you two years to get 70% of the way there. And suddenly you're like, oh, this is, this is maybe easier than I thought, or maybe this can be done bigger than I thought. And now that opened up a new milestone. Uh, both. Exactly correct. It's easier than I thought. Um, now maybe, you know, I have this debate with a, a friend of mine. He always tells me how hard real estate is. And I always say, well, not for me. <laughs> so I don't know how hard real estate is. I, I, it, it takes a certain level of uh, tenacity because it's a long-term play. And so, yeah, it certainly it was easier than I had originally anticipated. It seems much harder than it really is. That's for sure. Real estate, if you're just getting started and you're just learning on it, or you maybe have a dealer or you're trying to get your first deal, man, it seems way harder than it really is. When you look back, you're like, that's that not, that's not that. <laughs> uh, I mean, high school seems hard when you're in middle school. And then you're like, yeah. really? That's a, that's a challenge. You know, nobody brags about graduating high school. No offense to some people too. <laughs> Um, but the other one so not only was it easier uh, my goals were too small and man you know that is a if you read any motivational speakers or you read any really successful they'll always tell you set your goals bigger and that is a mistake that I habitually make I think most people do don't set your goals too too small because you you might hit them right that's really the so goal setting as a talent is is really something that's important to flesh out because the goals too high you can't get anywhere. Goals too short, you might get there. And then you're, you know, sitting around on a Sunday. I, I wrote an article about this. It's, I call it finding your close carrot, right? You got to find if, you, if, if somebody's dangling a carrot, if you're in a road race and somebody's dangling, dangling a carrot 20 miles ahead of you, you can't even smell it. You're not getting excited. But if they're dangling it 10 feet ahead of you, you might sprint that last or 50 feet. You might sprint that last bit. So I find a guy uh, who is doing just a bit better than me, or that's what everybody should do. Find somebody that you don't want to find somebody that has 600 million in real estate, find somebody that's got five houses and you're trying to get your first. They're a close carrot. You can see the heels of their shoes. You can catch up to them. Yeah. A breakthrough I made recently, uh, is I stopped really setting one year, five year goals. I mean, I still have them, but I started setting 12 week goals. Um, interesting where you know and it so it's right up there it's constantly it's a constant companion it's looking staring me right in the face i can't be sitting there going you know oh i can take a break and you know i can get there you know i can work a little harder next month because it's always it's right there and then you, you just do reset. still have the longer goals i do but i we do have the shorter term goals Correct. as well the interim goals to get you there to to push that accomplishment energy so that you know and and those those probably goals or 90 day goals. If you want to go with the Todd Herman 90 day year sort of piece there, um, they are still ones that feel hard. Like you're saying, they're not like, Oh, I'm going to immediately get this. They're still pushing, but they're just ones that you're going to get in a quicker time period or the goal is to get them in a quicker time period. And then you build that accomplishment energy so that those one year, two year, five year goals start to be, feel even more doable because you've done all these the little parts. It's not just like I have this goal and this is all the things I need to do. You're kind of breaking it down into the little bits and saying, this is, I'm doing this first. Yeah, for sure. Uh, regression analysis essentially is, you know, get the one year goal yeah. and then break it into four 90 day goals. And they should all be, they shouldn't match up perfectly. They should be too, they should be a little too hard. Like you're saying, and that snowball effect really matters. You know, 
this is a business. I tell Neil all the time, small wins, small wins matter. And so you just need that, man, I had a good week, man, I had a good week. Well, next thing you know, 12, we had 12 good weeks, 12 productive weeks and breakthroughs happen. Yeah. All right. So before we, before we dig in anymore, I want to make sure that we have a clear understanding of what your, um, what your current real estate empire looks like. Well, that is, uh, I don't know if we have, if I can get it all out in an hour. I mean, it's so much. <laughs> uh, I started by buying single family homes as rentals. I knew real, on, real early on that rentals was the way to go for me, uh, not flips. So I knew I was playing a little bit uh, longer game and I didn't have that much money. So I do the Burr method that's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And so what I, what I essentially do is I, I spend a bunch of years saving up capital and I, I can buy a house and rehab it with my cash. And then I go uh, and I create the 20% equity. And so then I go to put a loan on it and they give me, it's 80% or 75% of the loan to value, but it's 100% of my funds. And so I've done that a bundle of times and I've gotten so good at it now where I consult for other people who want to do it. And so if you want to buy a, do a burr and you have the money, but you really don't have the, the experience or the <clears throat> cojones to go out and drop 70 grand all at once, Maybe it's new for you. Maybe it's just you're a bit risk averse. Um, what I do is I handhold and help people to buy a house just like I do. I, I just did one for a guy. I basically made him 20 grand in equity plus cash flow. I turned it all over. He's got a property manager I helped him install and a realtor. And I took a small fee, but essentially that's, that's kind of what I'm working on now um, in terms of day to day. And then we're really looking to transition to get out of single family and move to large commercial. Uh, excuse me, medium, very medium commercial, 30, 40 units in the next gotcha. six months or so. Gotcha. Okay. So let me make sure that I've got this like clear for everyone, um, for newbies that are maybe listening. You are, you have, you've saved up a chunk of cash, let's call it 70 grand. Uh, and you're able to find a distressed single family home somewhere and buy it for, let's say $50,000. But it needs 30. What's that? Yeah, it'd be more like we'll pay thirty-five grand and put, okay. or, or say thirty grand, and we'll put thirty-five in rehab. Or okay. actually, to be fair, uh, what you said was on the last one. I did pay fifty-five, and we only did about nine grand in repair. Okay, so, so it didn't uh, it didn't need a lot of work. But once you're done repairing it, it's now it now appraises for what? Yeah, so the one we just did will be all in for sixty-five, and it'll appraise for ninety. So I make gotcha. 35 grand in equity. You create the equity. You force the appreciation. Out of thin air, like magic, baby. <laughs> yeah. And then you're able to then go to a, a bank and request long-term financing on it, correct? Yes. I can go to a bank and get a Fannie Freddie underwrit loan. That's the standard mortgage that most people know. A 30-year fixed low interest rate uh, mortgage. And they'll put it in my personal name. And they will do that for a low cost. And the only thing I'll tell people is make sure that you have your financing lined up before you purchase the house. Don't buy the house, then rehab it, then get stuck and find out you can't do the loan. The loans are fairly easy to get, but they do have, you know, they're not giving them out willy nilly. They're going to do pretty significant underwriting. So um, that's, that's one big thing that people get jammed up in, in this program. But yeah, that's essentially what I do. I go to the bank and say, hey, the house is worth 90 grand, right? You'll give me uh, 75 for it. 
And I've done that where they give me 75 for a house that I paid 65 for. And I still have the equity and it's still cash flows. Pretty, okay. I mean, the testament to how amazing America is. Yeah. <laughs> and the cash flow is, you know, just give us an average uh, sort of what, what you're looking at per door. 900 on average. And I try to go, I, I'm trying to raise that average, uh, but you, that's the top of the line rents for the kind of properties I'm buying. So I'll be all in for 65 with a rent of 950. Where are you, where are you located? Cause that makes a big difference. I mean, here in Las Vegas, the $900 rent is in the dumps. Yeah, you got bars in the windows. Yeah, you got bars in the windows. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good question, actually. Um, I buy in a small town in North Carolina. It's a military town. Uh, I get a good stability. I don't necessarily rent all to military by any means, but the area crew does afford itself some increased stability because of the base being so close. Um, yeah, I mean, look, not all markets work. I mean, people love to try to make Vegas work for rentals, but you can't spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars and get an eight fifty a month income in rent. You just can't. It's just, I mean, you can, but it's, it's going to be a sad day. Every I love paycheck. I love when the rents come in, right? I don't want to have to. The rents come in, and it's like, well, I was negative. That's not fun. So the, the return on the return on investment is important, but people forget that there's a return on equity. And there's a return on asset, right? It, it, there's more than just, Hey, you know, your cash on cash. If you, if you buy a house in Las Vegas for $150,000 and you make a hundred bucks a month and it's a hundred, but we'll say it's hundred percent finance. The return on investment is infinite. And you say, well, that's really good. Well, it's the same as mine. Mine's infinite, but they're not the same thing because the return on cash spent is different. And it, you know, that, that makes a big difference. So what you asked, which is that what market does this work in? Well, it works in a lot of them, but not all equally. Yeah. That that's makes true. sense. You're making, you're charging 950, 900 to 950 in rent per month, correct? Yeah. And you're after all your expenses, your mortgage, everything, like what do you cash flow? When you do underwriting for these, everyone's going to tell you to, to underwrite really conservatively. So they're going to tell you build in 5% CapEx, build in 5% maintenance, 10% maintenance, build in 8% for vacancy. And I do all these things, but you know, I haven't had vacancy in I don't know how long, not against all seven properties. I mean, not, not more than 10 days. The new one we just renovated, we had it rented in six days. I mean, I don't have vacancy. So I account for that when I do my underwriting, but my real expense ratio is, has been closer to about 41%, very low. Um, and since the, the, the one thing that I do, which costs me a little bit, is I take higher interest rate loans in lieu of low cost loans or low points rather. And so I'll take a 5.75 mortgage instead of a a 5% mortgage, but it'll cost, but I don't have to put out 2,200 bucks in down payment. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're not having to put as much in initially. So I, right. So I'll get more of my cash back. Now, when I do the cash out, I'll get more out. It would be less cost alone, but I'll have to pay a higher rate. Well, you know, the devil's in the details, the higher rate, half a percent or, or 75 basis points on 60 grand is like 10 bucks. I've done the math. So, or 20 bucks. So really I get, the $2,600 at 20 bucks a month, the payback period is so long that it makes sense. Get my money back now and go reinvest it and pay a higher rate. So that's something that people, you know, you got to really make sure if you're buying a house that's $200,000, you might want to take a lower rate. Gotcha. Because the, co- gotcha. the cost of loans don't go up as much, uh, whereas the interest rate does affect the payments more as loan cost goes up. Gotcha. Okay. So once you decided that single family homes, single family rentals was kind of the way you wanted to get started, the way you wanted to go. 
how did you go about getting yourself educated on, on executing on that niche? Uh, education, uh, you know, education is the most important thing you can do by far, hands down, period. So that's a good question. Uh, the way I started was I started listening to that bigger pockets podcast. <laughs> I don't know how I stumbled across it, but you know, I was commuting to college three days a week, 45 minutes. And I popped that bigger pockets podcast in three days a week or better. And, and I got through all of them in a few months and I bought a house and I felt confident to do so. The education for this business is the education ramp up is high. If you're just starting out and you're listening to this podcast and you want to get into real estate and you have two, three months of education under your belt, you got a long way to go. I mean, that's the fact of it. But once you can get into a community, you can meet other people that are doing it. You find some people that can, that can mentor you and show you the ropes a little bit. And you can, you can spend a real good time. Real estate's a big field and there's a lot of complex parts and they're moving over a 30 year time scale. And so you got to have a good grasp of the material before you can really feel confident throwing around. I mean, $70,000 is an extremely large amount of money for me. Um, you, you don't want to go ahead. Sorry. No, please, please. I was just gonna say, you said community and mentors. And I was just curious where you've, where you found that for yourself. Well, I'm a social guy. If you're an introvert, uh, this is something you're gonna, it's going to take something that's going to take a little more diligence to work, but it's important. If you're an extrovert, it might be a little bit easier. I create my network in many ways. I use it. Bigger pockets has a good forum, Facebook, even Twitter, right? You can find people that are into real estate and then you just find them. Meetup.com is a great one. You find people that are local and you go and get in front of their face. You make friends and you ask them how they did it. Um, podcasts are another great one. This exactly what we're doing. Listening to somebody tell their story. That's just a little bit ahead of you. You'd be surprised. Somebody listens to this and they're like, man, these guys know what they're talking about. Reach out to Neil, reach out to me, reach out to Brittany and say, you know, can you give me a little bit more involved <clears throat> explanation for some things? And that, that really works, you know, and people will reach out and they'll help you. And then, so education networking are, are two things that I've been harping on for years. And those are, those are big. It takes a big education ramp up time, but man, it is, it is, it is worth it. How long would you say that you spent getting educated before you bought your first house? Uh, longer than most, but I have a base knowledge of information, a uh, base knowledge of this material that far surpasses most of my peers because of it. <clears throat> and it serves me quite well. I, I Picked up the Bigger Pockets podcast in 2014. I bought, moved into my first house hack in eight months. So, in the grand scheme of things, eight months doesn't sound like that much. If you're antsy, if you're listening to this right now and you're antsy to buy one in the next few weeks, pace yourself, my friend. But, <laughs> but and then, but, so that was 14, took me eight months. Well, then it took me another two years to buy my first rental. It wasn't until 2016 that I bought a rental. And now, well, now it's 2018 and I got seven. What does house hack mean? Oh, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Great question. House hack just means what I did was I bought a foreclosure that I could move into uh, house hacking. They do it. They, they use that term in a few different ways. Basically means you're living in a house that you're somehow creating an investment out of. So you either buy a foreclosure, you move in it and then you fix it as you live in it, which is kind of what we did. And then instead of selling it, I rented it, but some people do fix and flips that while they live in it. Some people do. I have a friend that owns a like a six bedroom house in Las Vegas. It's not, you know, super nice, but it's got a lot of bedrooms. And so he owns it, but then he rents out five of the bedrooms. Nice. And so that's what we would be considered a house hack where he's like, my mortgage is 900 bucks, but I make 2,500 in, in 
rental income in a house that I live in. That's fantastic. Uh, your primary residence is really not a good investment. It's a terrible way to, uh, I could go on, a, on for a day about this, but basically it's a, it's a real, it's a, it can be a trap in many ways. And so if you can find a way to make your primary residence make money besides passive appreciation, that's, that can help. And it helped me out tremendously. We paid, I, I think I had three grand. I moved in this foreclosure. This is back in 2014. It was a little bit easier to do it back then than it is now. But we got a foreclosure that we could move in. It was move-in ready. That right there was rare. We moved in with FHA. We put three grand down. I paid fifty-four and a half thousand dollars, eighteen hundred square feet. My luxurious, beautiful, high-maintenance wife. She was fine with it, so I knew we were in good shape. Um, Eighteen months later, it appraised for like one hundred and fifteen. Cashed out a bunch of, well, some cash, not as much as I should. I was still scared of the debt, so I uh, cashed out a little bit. And my years and years and years of saving. I took still another two years of saving and that's when we bought the rental. How long had you been saving up when you started? Was that, for, were you saving up for other stuff and then you just sort of decided to put it towards real estate? Uh, no, I, I was terrible with money. I was irresponsible, um, short-sighted and well, America. I was living week to week for a long time and, and had a high cost of living. You know, I was, had no assets, but had a $30,000 car, uh, which is very common. And so, no, I was not saving any money until I was 30. I was, in, I was, living, I was living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was making the local bars a lot of money. And so, no, I, 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 went, I had a really bad experience in my life that kind of made me shape up. And I said, I got to get, get out of this. I got to get out of this trap. <clears throat> so I sold my car. I bought a, a beater that I got a pair of shoes that cost more than that, that car didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought a beater and I, I started saving every little penny I can. I think that was around 2012 or 11. So, it, okay. by, uh, so by the time I bought the house, six years, it was five years of saving and the cashing out the, uh, about 20 grand and re- refinance money of that, of that house. So look, I did it the hard way and I did it the long way. So and, let me sort of get, get a feel if I understand you correctly. You saved, it took you how long to save the three grand down payment for your first house hack? Uh, when I really started cranking out the savings, I was probably getting, I don't know, 500 bucks a month or something. So three grand, 3,500 bucks, not that much. By the time I bought the house, I had quite a bit more than 3,500 bucks. Okay. But that's um, what you were able to get, get a, a government loan of a, a veterans FHA loan. Well, it's not a veterans. F, F, anybody can get FHA. Okay. That's, that's and, three and a half percent down. But they let you do three and a half percent down instead of 20% down. Correct. And, and that's available to a lot of people, but you have to move in. Yeah. yeah you you have in. to move in. Yeah. And that was tough to find a foreclosure that you can move in, <laughs> you know, because yeah. yeah. they don't, they don't want to finance it if it's a complete dump. So, yeah. you know, uh, but that was me and my wife, you know, she was on there every day looking at houses, trying to find, you know, trying to help me source, source good deals. And so, it took a little while, but you know, you, you, you got to save money. If you're not saving money, you got you to gotta start right now. You have to, because the opportunity is going to come to you one day and it's going to be now and it's going to require some capital and it might require a lot and it might not require a lot, but if you don't have enough, you don't get to participate. So when the deal comes along, it's like, Hey, you need three grand for this deal. Well, why don't you have three grand? Right? Cause I, I, I'm not saying that three grand isn't a lot of money or that it's not that everybody should have it. I just mean, if you want to do this business, you got to start preparing for the inevitable opportunity that's going to come to you. You need to start preparing right now. You don't know what that opportunity is going to look like, but you're not going to want to miss out on another time. And so be as prepared as possible so you can get the opportunities that are right for you when they show up. Gotcha. So how do you, how do you finance your deals now? 
I pay cash, all cash up front, uh, pay for the rehab and cash, and then I refinance all that same money back out. The same money that I'm spending on the house now is the same money that I spent on that, that house in 2016. My, my nest egg keep, hasn't. You just keep rolling it over. The most efficient 70 grand that's ever been, been, ever been existed. <laughs> tell you what. And so you don't, need, you don't need cash for this. You could do what I do with a loan, right? If I, bought, if I borrowed 70 grand, bought a house, rehabbed it, rented it out, got a loan for 70 grand, paid the first guy back, and then just left with the equity and the cash flow, that worked too. So you don't need this. What I've done is proof that you don't need money to do it. I just did it the hard way. That being said, you should still be saving money. So if you had your funds and you could borrow money, you could do two at a time. So it's just a testament. You always got to be stacking capital. Cool. All right. So let's, um, one of the things that we're going to talk a lot about on this podcast as we move forward is time, because that's one of sort of our big goals is to free up some time for, for ourselves and for um, spending time with our family. Um, and different real estate strategies can really take a different amount of time. So how much time do you, do you spend a week on real estate and not just the like investing, you know, finding new things, but taking care of what you currently have. Yeah. I'm going to give you a, maybe an answer you don't want to hear a lot. Um, and now let me be really, really clear. How much of this requires my time is very little. Like you said, how much does it require to maintain? I have to worry about one person, my property manager to maintain the six houses to make sure the rents come in because he does. Really, that's the, that's the relationship that matters most. Yeah. Your property manager, because he maintains the tenants, he gets new tenants, he takes care of the leases, and he takes care of income, and he takes care of expenses. So if you can manage him to do a good job, all you have to do is worry about rent. And so that's what I've done. But really, what happens is, and I really want to encourage people here, like if you just want to retire, this will work. But you may find, like I have, that you unlock a ambition inside you where my goal now is not to spend as little amount of time on this as possible. My goal is to spend as absolute much amount of time on this as possible. And not because your mindset changes, right? I mean, you, what you guys want is the, the, the freedom to um, have this so you don't have to spend all your 40 hour week, work week taking care of all these other problems. And so what that, what's happened for me is I've sunk so much time into this that it's grown to a point where I don't need the job. Like you, which is what your goal is. Well, then once you don't need the job, then I went out and found a job that is casual enough that it's, I enjoy it. Right. I, I say like make enough money in this real estate things where you can afford to find a job you like. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and Neil and I are definitely not looking to just never do anything ever again. And, and, um, but it's really just being able to choose when 100%. and what, and you know, what that looks like so that we can have that passion rather than the, you know, drudgery of a nine to five sort of situation. A hundred percent. And so I just wanted to give a little bit clearer answer where, um, yeah, it doesn't take me any time to do this, but that's not a good way. That's not the way I choose to look at it because what I choose to look at it is like you said, I want to, I want to, I want to spend my time most efficiently and on things that I like, which is essentially what you're, what you're looking for. It's given me enough where the requirements are, are really low. And that really is, I mean, it's easier than I thought. If you can get six, seven house and you get a good property manager and you do want to retire, if I want to go to um, the Mediterranean for three months, I can, no problem. I can send two emails a week to my property manager and stay, and stay on top of them and, and not stay on top of them. Just say, hey man, thanks for taking such good care of my, my business. Like, you know, he's a, he's a superstar. And so spend your time trying to find good people 
and implement good systems. And man, it goes, it, it turns into easy mode to the point where your life gets so easy and you go, oh, how can I make this harder by, by trying some new challenge? And so really that's the goal is like, hey, make this so easy that you want to, you have nothing but hard challenges to chase for the fun of it. Gotcha. So let me, let me just sort of recount what you're saying is that you would say managing the six single family homes right now is very low maintenance. It's very, you know, it's almost nothing, but it, what it opened up for you was now you want to build more of an empire. It gave me so much freedom. Yeah. (laughs) It gave me so much freedom so quick. I couldn't believe it that it's like, what are you going to spend your time with? I mean, Look, I've, t- I've done it where I've sat around for six months. I quit my job already uh, last two years ago. I, and I sat around for six months and I was like, this sucks. It just sucks. Because you know what? All your friends are at work. <laughs> what you really need to do, and that's why I started my blog. I'm like, I need to make some other people rich so I have people to hang out with during the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, this will cause so much freedom that you, you end up you know, taking that freedom and, re- and then reinvesting it. But yeah, I, I literally could, I could probably... Roderick, if I said, hey, man, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to shut the business down and I'm just going to maintain, I could probably do it on, I could probably do it on one email a week and one phone call a month. Gotcha. I mean, that's, but, but again, that's a testament to him. He's a superstar, right? If you, if you think you're going to self-manage this business, you, know, that's, you need to learn how to, you need to figure how to get out of that right away. You don't, don't self-manage your tenants. You know, get everything that's cru- on cruise control as much as possible. Yeah. So th- that sort of brings up, you know, you, you mentioned systems and things like that. Are there any, aside from the property management, are there any systems that you have developed that allow you to kind of leverage your time or, or do you, uh, or have you found a need for it yet? Yeah, not so much. Um, really the biggest system that I've implemented is hiring good people and knowing how to find good people. And that's really abstract, Neil. And I know it's not, it's hard to, that's a hard one to teach, but that really is it. If you can find great people, I mean, just find great people, make them fall in love with it and then ride their coattails. That is the key to success. My friend Just get somebody <laughs> else to get somebody else to do it and drag you along. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, uh, <laughs> but, but, very but really, Tim Ferriss of you. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? I don't, I, I know about him, but I don't, I don't, I would have never heard of him. Uh, yeah. He's all about finding someone else to do the things that you just don't want to, <laughs> or don't have to, don't yeah. need to. Find, find someone else talent. to do it. Yeah, find your talents and then triple down on them. I think Gary Vandercheck says the same thing. He's like, don't try to show up your weaknesses. Find out what you're good at and man, just crank it out. And that's hard advice when you're new because when you're new, you, nobody is going to help you as much as you got to build the basis yourself, right? Because the next guy who, who wants to help you, he's got to be building his base of his business too. So by the time you start getting a little momentum, then you, you can really start find out where your talents are and show up your weaknesses. When you're new, you kind of got to get a little good at everything, which is is tough but yeah i mean now i work on like you said finding systems which is people and i'll tell you a hint that's really worked for me that doesn't get spoken enough is i write things down in an in a in a business organized format so if you've ever worked in corporate they got a a process policy for everything everything is i was in the army where it's like they got a manual to tell you exactly how to do everything to the i mean it's designed for 18 year old idiots so (laughs) You know, it's, it's designed for grunts. So they're like, okay, look, we're going to, they're going to the dumbest guy, the dumbest bullet sponge walking. We're going to get him to do this. So we need to make sure it's crystal clear. And so, <laughs> and so this advice really has worked well for me. Cause what I do is I write things down in a, in a process format on, you know, a spreadsheet or a Google doc. And then I kind of just make it look pretty, make it look official. And I just reference it. And you'd be surprised how much writing down your process kind of subliminally 
encourage you to follow your process. And next thing you know, I give it to my realtor. I'm like, here's what I'm doing. This is the process. And next thing you know, she's following it. And it's like, she's not my employee by any means. She's not my, uh, and, the, and the project manager too, Roger, my partner. You know, it's not like I'm giving it to them in terms of, I'm like, look, this, this is a process that seems to work, right? Let's write it down. Let's get it on paper and just create the system out of thin air and get everybody to believe in it. Because I'll tell you what, people, when they see it written, it's, it gets credibility. And that's, a, that's kind of how the internet has ruined our, our, understand, our, our trust in what's real because you read it and you're like, it used to be if it was written, it was in a book, which means it's probably true. Now, who knows? But, so, but people have this innate thing. So I write a process down, I disseminate it, I act like it's gospel. And so far, people seem to believe that, it, that I know what I'm talking about. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So you invest in North Carolina. How often do you actually go see your properties? As little as possible. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I have not bought, since I moved, I did used to live there. Since I moved, I haven't bought one house without, uh, with seeing, but at, while seeing it first. Okay. I bought all, I bought all of them. In fact, I bought one of them, two of them. Now I bought with nobody even saw it. I bought off the MLS, the crappy pictures. I knew the numbers just, I just knew the numbers were going to work and I bought it and you know, nobody even saw the house. Not even so, me. so if you did take that Mediterranean three months off, you would be able to still do what you're doing without having to really worry about because you have that property manager. Yeah, I got a good ground team and I know the market really well. And so if you want to do this, what you really got to know is you got to know the market. And that's not so hard. You spend a lot of time on Zillow, looking at the properties, looking for what they sold for, looking for what they're selling for. Spend a lot of time on market analysis. Because when I see a house in Fayetteville uh, where I invest, uh, I can tell you if it's a deal within 25 seconds. Okay. I just can. I just can. And you can too if you looked at a deal in, you know, if you looked at 10,000 deals, 10,001 is not going to surprise you. You're going to know exactly awesome. where, where it is and what, and what to do with it. So you build your knowledge and you set up your team and that allows you to have that location independence so that you can not have yeah. to live where you're actually investing. This is a trap. If you have to be close to your property, you're doing yourself a disservice. And it doesn't sound like, it doesn't feel that way, but really what it is, it's, it's giving you a false sense of security to think that because you're close that you can, well, when the tenant doesn't pay, unless you think you're going to go into the house and choke them or shake their money out of them, being close isn't going to help. I mean, it's going to be like that movie, um, Pacific Heights. You're going to go there and you're going to beat the tenant up and then you're going to go to jail. Right? And they're still going to be in your property. So being close doesn't give you any advantage. If, if, you can, if they're breaking the law or they won't get out, you can't go there and get them out. So being close gives you a false sense of uh, security. Instead, be far away and learn the real skill, which is managing people. Gotcha. What do you think is the most critical skill for a new investor to foster in themselves when they're starting out? Education and networking. All right. Education and networking. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know what the, um, what the, you got to know your strategy. You got to know it in and out and you got to know for the long term. You got to know the market. You got to know it in and out and you got to know for the long term. You got to know how the lending side is working because you're going to, even if you want to, even if you're spending cash, you're going to need a bank. You're going to need a loan to grow eventually. So you need to know lending. You need to know, you got to know some financials. Um, you got to know a variety of different businesses because, you know, you got to know a little bit about how flips work, how appraisals work. You got to know how inspections work. You got to know how the lending side works. You got to know how interest rates and inflation work. I mean, there's just, there's a whole bunch of stuff and you really got to have a deep understanding of it. And you, 
Um, and you got to start right now because you're competing against me and I'm merciless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, but look, if you, uh, if you educate to the, to the cows come home, it's only half the portion because you really, you're going to need somebody to sit there and tell you, uh, this is what I've found my talent to be is people that have all the information, but they don't have the gusto, the, the wherewithal to go out there and blindly write the check. And so I, I've, I have a talent to look at people and say, you're getting in your own way. You, I can tell that you know the material. Go there, go there and, and make something happen. And that really, some people, you're, you're going to really need people in your life like that to, to say, Brittany, you got this. Don't be so scared. Go do it. You're yeah. on the right track. And so you need people. You need, you need mentors and you need people to show you opportunities that you never thought of. And you need people to explain flaws in your thinking that you can't catch. So those two things, you need to know what you're doing and you need people around to help you for sure. Those are two big ones. Awesome. So if there was a magic reset button for you to start this, what would you go back and maybe put into place sooner as far as systems or, um, you know, like kind of, is there anything that, that would change in your processing or, or how you would have gone about things? In the- yeah, I, I have to admit, you know, I think I'm quite happy with the way that I've progressed. It seems slow to many. It seems slow to me, but the knowledge base that I, that I, that I've built in that time, I think the value of that will uncover itself much more greatly over time. What could I do differently? The biggest one that I would do differently is start earlier. So if you're listening to this, you need to spend every day doing three things, educating, getting educated at least every day, networking at least every day and building capital every day right now, right now, because you know, we went on a, uh, on a 10 year real estate tear like the world has never seen. And so if you got into real estate in the last eight or nine years, you've seen nothing but a, catas- a, 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 a stratospheric rise in, in, in gains. And uh, if you're just getting started now, you missed that. But there'll be another one. There'll be another <laughs> something else, right? You need to get started now. So that's, that's the real big one is uh, if, if I could have done it over again, what would I have done different? Not too much. I would have set my goals higher. I started off thinking I'll just get 10 properties and retire. Now I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, I'm definitely going to buy 30 or 40 units next year and probably 250 units within two years after that. That was never something I thought I could do before. So get your education on because you're underestimating what's realistic. Real, being able to do big things in this business is very possible, but you got to get, you got to get, you got to know what's possible. You got to understand the, the systems well enough to, to, to see how easy it really is. And then your, your, your goals will jump. So that was really the biggest thing I did wrong was I went too slow, not too much, but I went a little too slow. And, but I, I set my goals way too low. So I want you to imagine that you're, you're standing in front of a room of aspiring real estate investors. Um, and primarily, you know, because of who our audience is, people with families, a full-time job, you know, a little bit time constrained, and they're battling their way through their fears and their doubts and things like that. What advice would you have for them? Uh, I thought about this. Actually, what two or three strat, like what two or three strategies would you recommend for them? Yeah, I have two or three. I actually, I thought about this. I wanted to give you a good answer. I, I, I wrote something and let me just send it to us. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going I'm to parse it. <laughs> just I'm going to parse it out a little bit. So the first thing you got to know, if you're new and you're struggling and you're, you're reading about real estate, you're, you're learning about real estate and you're like, I got it in my mind, but I haven't done a first deal or I've maybe done one and 
five still seems like a long way away. You don't yet have the experience to, to know that this works. And so I would like to, it's important to tell people like this works. If you buy real estate and you stick with it and you do it for a long time, it is inevitable for you to build wealth. So if you're new and struggling and on the fence or going through a tough time, just know that everybody does it. Everybody goes through tough times. It's not always easy. Stick with it. This 100% works. 100%. It is tried and true. And if you do it, even if you fail a few times, I have. I've had, I have terrible deals on my balance sheet. It will still make you money in this business. So you, you should know that it... Just stick with it. Just keep at it. You'll have breakthroughs, but you got to have some tenacity. But it works. Uh, the second thing is, when I first started, I felt it, business in general was... Business is very competitive, but I thought it was more cannibalistic. And really, what you'll find is uh, everybody in this business understands that it's non-zero sum, meaning I can win and you can win. I can win. I can teach you how to do what I do, and we can still both win. And so what you'll find is people will actually be very happy to help you succeed in this business. And so if you're out there and you're struggling, know that there's a guy like me who has pretty much, you know, just because I'm so freaking charitable, spend a lot, <laughs> a lot of time just teaching what I know. And I'm certainly not the only one by any means. There's a lot of resources out there and there's a lot of people out there that want to help you. So if you're having a, a tough time and you, and you just know that you're, you're only a few emails away from finding the right people to help you grow. If people want to help you. They, really, they will help you. But you got to make sure you're a good investment. So the biggest thing with finding people to help you is you have to show them that you're investing in yourself more than they'll ever be able to. If I find somebody that's like, hey, Alex, can you show me how to do this? And they want me to teach them everything I know. Uh, one by one, like there's no way. Like you have to do more than I can do for you. So be a good investment, and people will help you for sure. And the last big one, um, this is this is my, this is this a little bit more of a somber note. Uh, this business is, it is tumultuous. It is it can be treacherous. It can be stressful, and it takes a long time. And there is no guarantee that you can quit at any time, and it will and it will stop. So you need to take a long, hard look at yourself and take some responsibility for what you intend to have happen to your life. Because it will only happen if you take absolute responsibility and say, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to work on it on Saturdays. I'm going to work on it at 10 a.m. on a Sunday and try to, and try to and, uh, get, something, get something done. I'm going to blog at 1 a.m. On a, on a Friday night. You know, I'm going to go to meetings like, you know, uh, Neil... You go to real estate meetings, you got a family, it's not always easy, right? But you commit for the long run. And so this business is, will, it won't chew you up and spit you out. It will just forget you exist. The competition doesn't outcompete you. It just moves on without you. And so, you know, I tell people, look, this is, this is a, a fun business. It works. People will help you, but get real. Don't, if, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be quick, quick, easy and, uh, and fast. It's going to be, it's going to take some uh, competition. Like I said, I, you got to compete against me. So <laughs> stick with it. Good luck, but you know, right. get, get real. All right. With that, Alex, you know, uh, this has been great, but we're out of time. And uh, I wanted to thank you for, for sharing your wisdom and, and your experience. And uh, I think our guests will love it. Our guests? I hope so. Just one <laughs> guest. Yeah, guest. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my pleasure. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm always happy if I can help somebody in some way. You know, anybody who's listening to this, you can reach out to me. Uh, I'm very personal. I'm really easy to get a hold of. How, that's a great question. How can people uh, 
get in touch with you and keep tracking. I am not hiding on the internet. If you, <laughs> if you look me up, my name is Alex Felice. Uh, the website is brokeisachoice.com. And that is the truest thing I ever said. Broke is a choice, my friend. I'm on Bigger Pockets, Alexander Felice. I'm on Facebook, Alexander Felice. I'm on Twitter, Broke is a Choice. Uh, the email is alex at brokeisachoice.com. I'm sure you'll put it all in the show notes. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not hard to get a hold of. And if you reach out to me, there's a 100% chance that I'll respond and, and, and give you any information I can. Information is always free for me. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. And that, and with that, for show notes on this show, go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash one. You're episode one. Yay! You know that? You are welcome, my friends. <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm very thankful to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited for this, for, for you guys' future and for this, um, for this production. I think you guys are going to do fantastic. And the, uh, the energy level, having both you guys being able to chat is, is very, it's intoxicating. So I have no, no worries about any of your success. Inevitable. Awesome. All right. Well, help for e- thank you for helping us ease into it. It was an awesome interview and I'm excited. I have so many notes. So I'm going to be sharing little tidbits on social oh. media of all your like awesome knowledge. Yeah. yeah hey. <laughs> uh, well, I'm happy to, like I said, I'm happy to contribute. And, you know, I, I feel like I am that close carrot. I'm a guy who just got done from going you know, I, I got none and I built a nice portfolio and this is the best time to turn around and teach somebody. So I'm happy to, for the opportunity. Awesome. All right, man. All right. And if you like this podcast, we would really appreciate it if you take just a few minutes and leave a review for us on iTunes. It's really simple to do. Just go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash review for links and instructions. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels.